welcome to These Lads on Mental. My name is Gary. And I'm Neil. And our podcast is a lighthearted approach to normalise mental health. But before we start today's show, please listen to our disclaimer. This show is just a group of opinions and is not to be treated as medical advice. If you are struggling with mental health, please speak to your physician or reach out to a service such as Lifeline. Thank you. These lads are mental recognizes the Gadigal people of the Aurora nation as the custodians and traditional owners of Sydney. We pay respect to their ancestors and elders past and present and value their continuing connection to lands, living culture and integral contribution to the bright and inclusive future of this beautiful city that we call home. On today's episode, we've got amazingly funny Emma Doran. Emma is an Irish comedian who's currently taking the world by storm. She's been on TV shows with the likes of Deidre Kane and Jason Byrne, who are huge comedians back in Ireland. She's also got a podcast series, Up to 90. She has some hilarious skits. And over the last two years with COVID and lockdown, her Instagram channel was just something that everyone had to follow because it was just hilarious. So plenty of laughs in this one. Let's get stuck in. Welcome, Emma. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me, lads. Thanks for accommodating us. What is this? <laughs> Mental health or something? I was like, what's the to ask me about that? Well, I thought you would have heard of the podcast already, Emma, but that's fine if you haven't. You know, if it hasn't gone viral back home. I wouldn't know what's going on with anything now, to be honest. To be honest with you. My lovely co-host is uh, Gary Rafferty from Glasgow in Scotland. But Hi, we, Gary. How you doing? Um, we both live in Sydney and we know each other through football. We started These Lads Are Mental about, oh, it's probably like three months ago, I think now, probably. Is it, Okay, Gary? cool. We just, I said, oh, look, we're sorry, thinking. This I've... is not, this, sorry, can I just interrupt? This is not the nail I remember from college because I just took a bit of a hiatus over my own business. <laughs> 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 this is not the Stalorgan lad. I remember all the 75. Go on, and you're go on. I'll play along, yeah. Gary. Okay, I'll play along. Go on. What I used to have to pay <laughs> pay Neil Redden for petrol money to get in his mini. I was like, okay, now, tight bastard. Um, I know, I'm come along. Actually, I've, yeah. I've come a long way. Come a long way. Haven't we all? Haven't we all? I know. I was going to say the same thing to you. But um, (laughs) the first episode was just me and Gary, like, chatting about our own shit. And then since since then, it's been focused around just one guest per episode. And it just came from the term, like, oh, your man's mental. You know, that kind of way where Mm -hmm. mental could mean all kinds of things. And we're just trying to normalize a topic and have a bit of fun with it and yeah so it's, it's not too well i mean we have got to some serious conversations already but mostly we're trying to take the piss and have a bit of fun with it because in our opinion that's what mental health should be like we should be able to chat about it just like anything else in life and shouldn't be yeah. you know lo- locked away in a corner and forgotten about because that's how you that's where the stigma comes from so if two lads like us can chat to shit and, you know, have a laugh about it, you know, hopefully that can inspire someone else to go forward and get some help or whatever. Is that, a good, good. is that a good wrap up, Gary? That's perfect, mate. I do. Well, the reason why we, we uh, I thought of you to come on the show was just around the, the whole comedian angle. It was really just to see what that's like. Because, you know, you think of Robin Williams and you think of, you know, someone who has to, you know, make people laugh for a living what's that like yeah. you know when you're not on stage you know that's the kind of general gist of where we're going to grill you today like okay <laughs> <Get back. laughs> 
<laughs> you're looking very, you're looking very worried there. I just feel like it's gonna get dark really, really quickly, and just like, oh fuck! But yeah, yeah, that's fine. Let's go for that. <laughs> and you don't have to talk about anything. So if I, if we ask you about a family member, I don't. You don't have to show. Them who is that? Oh, that was me, dad. Yeah, that was me, dad. So would he like you talking about this? No, he'd actually, he'd actually fucking hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, leave that in. No, go on. Um, yeah, I know. I don't mind at all. Just see where the conversation goes. I don't mind. I don't mind. <laughs> Sounds good to us. Now, welcome to the show. Look, Emma, the first question we always ask people, no matter what their background is, what's their own story with mental health? Does it impact you personally? Or what does the term mental health even mean to you? Mm, Well, I suppose for me personally, my relationship with my mental health is, I I actually feel quite lucky. I feel like it's, it's quite good, but... I suppose what I would suffer from would be, I see, I wouldn't call it depression. I would call it like big lows. So I'd have big lows that maybe might last, say four, like say four days or something, where I feel like, I, I basically would feel like, like I'm a worthless piece of shit really, but quite intensely for a few days. And I'd be very, yeah, I'd be very low. And then I would come out of it. So whatever it is, in my head, I would go through these lows and it would probably happen, I would say, every four or five months. But as I've gotten older, I feel like I can I recognize it better than I did when I was younger. When I was younger, I would have felt like completely lost or, you know, hopeless. But now that I'm a little bit older, I, I kind of feel like my anyway, my pattern is I know that it'll pass. So I just, not to sound too cheesy, but I try to be kind to myself when that's happening. And yeah, so that would be my own mental health, I feel. And then I suppose like most people, there were people in my family close that would have had bigger issues around their mental health. Like that, what I'm, I'm always like wary to use the word depression, but they would have, you know, been diagnosed with depression and would have had to have seeked, you know, proper proper professional health mm-hmm. yeah and full disclosure yeah for like i have depression anxiety and panic attacks and gary kind of struggles a little bit with anxiety and overthinking things as well so you're in a safe space here so don't worry too much and you mentioned those kind of patches that you've gone through do you mm. think two questions around that one do you think they just happen naturally like there's no particular cause to it. it's just you know you get those periods and then secondly when that does happen, as you said, you're more aware of it now, which is a big part of, you know, someone's own mental health, emotional intelligence about your own story. Do you do anything to get out of that kind of period or do you just kind of wait it out and see what happens? I just wait it out and see what happens. I might kind of try to be more mindful about like small things like, say, exercise or my diet so like say my initial reaction would be like let's just eat shite but I try to like maybe like make conscious healthy choice of my food or whatever because I know that's going to help me in the long run and not to drink as well would be another thing because that's not going to help out the situation at all but it, it would usually write itself out sometimes it can be like a reaction to something that's happened but a lot of the time 
it actually doesn't it it's not connected to anything at all and mm. I think it's just something in my personality because I think I can be I would say, like obviously not a bipolar but like it's like it's if I have a mild like a very mild version of that so like if I'm going to be crazy high at some point I, ha I have to like I just feel like I have to be low then at some point as well so I would just try and, and ride it out really yeah no I know what you mean I think um the, th the funny thing as well with sometimes when you're in a bad place uh, you know what we've heard throughout the different episodes is often people go oh no I'm not doing anything different but then if somebody prods you and goes well what have you been up to in the last week and then when you actually start going through you might go oh well I haven't done that yoga class that I normally do for over a month and I've had a few big nights on the drink and I've done x y and z and then when you actually think about it you kind of go yeah actually i've been i haven't been doing my normal routine you know what i mean but yeah. you don't you don't necessarily know that when you're in the moment you just think oh, i'm just you know in a bad mood or whatnot oh yeah like when you're when you're stressed or whatever you don't actually know that you're stressed because even at the during the first lockdown a couple of times my mom said to me oh like maybe you're stressed Emma. and i'm like i'm not stressed I'm basically, I was stressed out of my bin because <laughs> I was shitting it that I was going to lose my job because we were trying to buy a house. And I was like, okay, if I lose my job because of lockdown, I'll just have to start the whole process again. And like my feckin' hair was falling out. I was like, oh, it's just, it's just hormonal. It's just the season. <laughs> Think you think you might be stressed, and I'm like, no. It's like I was even now at this stage of my life, I was acting as if like that was a dirty word, like that I was stressed. You know, like I'm too strong. How could I ever be stressed? There's a global pandemic. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my house or lose my job, and I'm trying to buy a house. And I'm like, I still couldn't even admit, like, yeah, totally stressed down my fucking head. Like, what's that all about? Do I even. I always have to fight against this thing in myself of like, oh, just constantly trying to prove how strong I am as a human being. And I know that when I, I get low, it's basically because I've been working too hard. So mm. like, say even last week, I think I had, by Thursday, I had like six gigs. So I'm like, like I'm not, I don't drink at gigs or anything like that. But like, say I'm, I probably wouldn't be going to sleep until maybe one-ish, maybe half one. And then I'd be getting up in the morning to bring the kids to school or whatever. And then I'm doing the exact same thing all over again the next day. And then I, I still have to kind of say to myself, okay, like, well, you're going to have to just let yourself sit now for a couple of days because you might have worked too much. Hmm. So that's usually my thing. But I definitely have a complex about like trying trying to be strong, but I'm trying to get I'm trying to get past that or like that saying that I'm stressed or if somebody offers me help, it's not them testing you to see if you're weak. You can actually just say, oh yeah, a little bit of help would be great. I, 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 that's more common than ever now. I think. Oh, I don't know how it is in, in Ireland or the UK at the moment, but here I'm feeling. I think it is getting more normalised. Just to be like, oh, I'm having a I'm having a fucking shocker. My head's up my ass right now, and then people are going like, oh, because they can relate to you. And they go, oh, I'm the same. And then, yeah. But, but if they don't, if you kind of get the vibe that they're not, they want to be strong as well. You're kind of like, yeah, I'm sound, sound. But really, your hair's you're half baldy and you're, you're struggling. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we've actually joked about that before. You know, when you like, you meet someone on the street and they go, oh, how are you? And you go, yeah, no, I'm grand. I'm a bit manic at the moment. So uh, I might have a bit of an episode. They'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, that, um, that's probably me. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think like the I don't want to use well phrase it without knowing the the background, but alopecia. I've got alopecia in my beards, which is alopecia areata they call it, which is linked to stress which comes as an autoimmune condition which is really another fun thing to add to your your kit bag um yeah yeah <laughs> um, nice little list now yeah, building this lovely list yeah but you know gary's a specialist in the kind of sleep train and eat sphere he actually has a bit of a model himself and sleep is a real important building block to not just to be you know feel good about yourself but also it's one of the first things that falls off when people start to get more stressed and leading to conditions yeah. as well. So yeah, it, sleeping, sleeping is a hugely important thing, right, Gary? Oh, of course, man. I, I, I always joke to you about like how it's the bread and butter, the simplest fucking thing ever. Do nothing, lie down for eight hours for some reason. We just can't do it, man. I think it's humans are the only mammals that voluntarily reduce their sleep. Right. Every other mammal just goes yeah. like, fuck, I'm going for a kip. We were all like, nah. All nighter, brilliant badge of honor. You go to work. I'm only on five hours sleep. You want to tell people? <laughs> only six hours sleep, mate. Smashing it. Only six hours sleep, but really you're dying in sick. And you can only do that for two or three days, and then you're having a meltdown, man. But like you said, you start getting little things start setting in. Like you start getting crankier. You start getting. You start eating more shit. All the little things. Yeah. A lot, but really, it's the simplest little thing of that little domino of just didn't get enough sleep. That's mm. all it was. And if you get a good night's sleep, you feel so much better. And Emma, yeah. do you think do you think for you, like, is there a bit of that, you know, what you were saying, like, I'm grand, I'm not stressed. Like, is that an Irish thing, do you think? Or I said that before and then someone cut me down. I was like, no, that's not an Irish thing. You just think it's an Irish thing. But what you just said there reminds me of when I was in Ireland going, yeah, I'm grand, yeah. don't worry about me, like, I'm fine. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. Yeah, I, I suppose it is a bit of an Irish thing. But, like, it wasn't until I met my fella, he was just like, he really encouraged me to, like, like well, just go to bed if you're tired you're like what <laughs> it's like so honestly to me like sleep was like or lions were like a dirty word or something he's like why it's no medal it's not gonna be no parade for you like oh look at her isn't she great she's going around on four hours sleep the mad bitch or whatever so he's like just go to sleep if you're tired what is this competition i see i feel like it's a, a competitiveness with myself that makes no sense mm-hmm. at all so it's it's really annoying, but I, I do feel like I am getting better. So, yeah, but I know what you're saying in terms of being an Irish thing. Mm. Um, Like there is, I would have talked about recently, the kind of, you know, like the traditional kind of like Irish mummy thing of like that she makes sure that everyone else is fed and she just stands in the corner eating a dry cracker going, oh, don't worry about me, I'm fine. <laughs> and we are the first generation where, say if you're in a couple and you have a family, the roles aren't clearly defined. So before it would have, you're, you know, like say a lot of us would have come from the background of your mom stayed at home and your dad went out to work. Now, obviously not everyone, but most people. And now those roles are all blurred. And I think people are trying to figure out where they are. So I, I feel like there would be a lot of people around my age, like mates, who are trying to replicate the mammy that they grew up with but that mammy didn't have like a career and you know her her mates her social life wouldn't have been as important to her and you know all that kind of stuff so yeah because I was kind of saying like this Irish mammy character doesn't exist anymore but people at the same time because that's what they grew up with they feel like 
under pressure to replicate it yeah you know like I should be putting out the big dinners and whatever that my mom did and it's like well you're like a counter director and like you know what I mean yeah yeah you've got a different life tell, maybe you'll know more than me but please tell me that guys aren't coming home from work and then dropping their washing off to their mothers like what they used to do my I used to go to my granny's house and she had nine kids so she had a lot yeah and, her two youngest, my uncle. That was slow your granny, was she? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have any TVs back then, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Long winters. <laughs> Long winters, have to keep warm. But yeah, her two youngest, Alan and Colin, like I used to be over there having a cup of tea with my granny and then they'd come in with a big washing bag and go, there you go, ma'am, sort out my washing. And she'd wash their clothes every week and iron it for them and then they'd come back and they'd get it and it would literally be pristine and that still doesn't go on does it well not 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 my my knowledge not my gaff like because my mom once we all hit about like say 14 anyway because i have two older brothers she was like letting me introduce to the washing machine would be like what okay no not that i know i mean my i feel bad saying it but my fella makes all the food and um no it's it's divvied up in a, all the crap is divvied up in a different way like i don't think so no mm, but you mm. still what i'm saying is i don't think that goes on but like i think a lot of the time i'm making it very gendered now but a lot of the time i think women will take on more of the stuff and they don't actually need to like i'd always say to my friends if they were given out about, if they were given out about their fella that they're stressed out of their being and and sure of course i had to get up and do whatever and like yeah but if you asked them He's not gonna. He's not actually gonna turn around and say no. It's just that he mightn't realize that you're stressed. Mm. Like if you actually said to him, "Oh, can you do that?" I have to go and have a kip or whatever it is. <laughs> so I think there's I, all this pressure sometimes that we create for yeah. ourselves. Yeah, because I wonder. I wonder what that is, Gary. Because I think you're right. You were saying, you know, earlier on about over here, it definitely feels like an even keel here in Australia. And I even remember, maybe there's a bit about the whole parish thing. Like I remember coming to Australia and nearly every job I went into, the CEO or something, let's say mostly was a bloke. But the guy, they tell you all about, they'd all be married three times. They'd be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm divorced three times. The first one was a bitch. Second one took all my money. And I'd be there going, what? <laughs> like, you know, like in Ireland, like you wouldn't, you would never mind divorces. Like you wouldn't go around shouting from the rooftops, telling people, oh yeah, you know, she was a weapon. She did all that. Like, and I, I couldn't get over how frank and open they were. Because you know, like back in Ireland, there's the whole parish thing. Like, if you if you were divorced back in the day, it was always a big thing. Like, you know, that kind of way. Mm. Go back to sort of what you're just saying about putting the pressure on yourself, or not yourself personally, but like, I think we put a lot of the pressures on ourselves. I think that, again, tying back in with sleep, me personally, like, you think, like, society almost, especially if you're someone like, obviously, yourself, Emma, you're trying to, you're an up and coming comedian, smashing it, try to always get better, better. So you're obviously a business owner. You have that fear in the morning like you, and you've got kids, obviously. Both of you do. You, you don't want to sleep in in the morning. And if you do sleep in, you almost feel guilty. Like you see a lion. A lion's almost foreign. If you wake up at 9 or 10 o'clock, you feel guilty about it. Like, fuck, I've lost half the morning. I should be up doing stuff. I should be fucking pushing on my career yeah. or doing whatever I'm doing. And then you do have a busy day because you're trying to push on your career and whatever else. And then it gets to night time. You do get ch- a chance to chill out. Guess at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, maybe you're watching Netflix, maybe you're having a drink, whatever you're doing. You don't want to go to bed because it's your time to chill out. So then this endless cycle of you don't want to you don't want to not get up early. You don't want to go yeah, to bed. Yeah. This is your time. But then you know if you don't go to yes. bed, you're going to be, you can't, it's just this fucking vicious cycle, man. 
it's so hard to get. And I think in 2021, where everyone's almost brainwashed to believe it's a, the grind, the hustle, you need to keep going, or you're fucking worthless. It's like yeah. fuck, you can do you can do nothing one day and still achieve pretty much everything that you're going to achieve anyway. Yeah. Half the time you're so stressed that you can't get anything done. You just think you're just procrastinating and overthinking stuff, just wasting time, and you could probably just chill out. I think that's the way the world's going right now. And Emmett, so like. True. So what's the current what what what's your current landscape now? You were talking there about like your job and the house, and you know we were doing some research beforehand, and I know you were mm-hmm. you were doing the comedian thing, and then you took mm-hmm. the job, and then you got the house, and then you are you still in your job now, or are you gone full hog into the comedian? No, world? I'm gone. I'm gone uh, full hog into comedy because it's it's very hard to do two things okay let's be frank I wasn't too stressed about achieving in the job but now I handed him my notice and that's all done and finished so it's 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 freed me up mentally in a great way but then in another way it's added pressure because you're like well you don't have a salary or whatever to rely on so like say even at the moment now the COVID numbers in Ireland are going up again so I'm like, uh, I just have this fear now that obviously things are going to be, there's going to be further restrictions or, you know, gigs or whatever are going to be closed. But I'm trying to be, I'm trying not to get stressed about stuff that is out of my control. What's the correct way comedy, Emma, when it was locked down? Is there obviously, you can't go to gigs and stuff, but is there anything, there's a lot of online stuff happening? Yeah, so I was doing like a lot of online Zoom gigs and then say I was doing like sketches for like brands and stuff like that so it was it was fine but the the gigs the comedy gigs in Dublin have only really come back now the last few weeks so I feel like they could be pulled back again so yeah it's just I suppose it's that thing isn't it when you work for yourself or whatever you're and then you have the extra thing of like COVID you're like oh fuck but um Oh. <laughs> no yeah. there's always a way to earn a living I, I think anyway you know I, got, I keep it in perspective anyway mm. yeah I can I can definitely resonate as well like having having to my own business as well like you you're you're the one paying the bills and like, now I just had a you know our firstborn five yeah. weeks ago five weeks ago a little sunny and if I was in a day job I'd be on paternity leave and let's say Sue would be be on mat leave and you wouldn't care about your job right you know and you'd be doing all that whereas we're both in the business Sue hasn't been she's gone on mat leave and then I'm you know trying to do things whilst also trying to be present and there's pros and cons to it as well you know if I was in the day job I would be going back and then I'd be in the city you know eight hours a day or whatnot versus now I'm actually at home so yeah, th- there is different challenges to that. But thinking of your own, you know, plunge into the, you know, the freelancer world, let's say as a comedian, mm-hmm. but that, that that only kind of came about around the first lockdown, right? So before the lockdown hits, your mm-hmm. notoriety kind of shot through the roof in the last kind of couple of years. Do you think COVID yeah. was a big, big help to you and and your move, in, you know, to do comedy? Do you know, I think in a way it actually was because so before lockdown, and COVID and everything I would have been gigging a lot like I'd always would have gigged like the last I don't know eight years or whatever and maybe not eight maybe seven and I'd be gigging every week and then I 
always had to have like something else on the go because I was like fucking and at this stage I'm like I'm, I was so sick of talking about it, it was like to save for hers and you see the bank were never like impressed with myself employed stuff because they're always like well that could be over tomorrow you could be you could be essentially like cancelled <laughs> <laughs> and that's all gone I one bad like, game okay. <laughs> yeah I was like I start shouting at one wrong person or something like stand up stand up like oh he's in a wheelchair oh cancelled <laughs> so I was like, fair enough, fair enough, right? It could happen. So I was like, oh, I have to get a job. So then I got a job and I was gigging and doing the job at the same time. And sure, that was mad because like, I had that job finished at half five and loads of times in my little bag, I had to bring like my breakfast, lunch and dinner. And then, cause I'd be, I'd finish the job and I go off to like Galway to do a gig that night, get home at two, get up the next day for like, stupid stuff right but anyway when I got the house eventually I was like no I'll, I'll give up the job but lockdown sorry the point your actual question lockdown was actually great for me because it gave me time it's some it was something that I hadn't had uh, I I hadn't had time like in so long to actually do stuff and that was like the gift that it gave me so say like even whatever how long ago was I in college with you like 15 years ago uh, is it a longer bit, a little bit more than that I think yeah. yeah yeah right oh yeah yeah a bit longer right but like say when I was in college I was like single parent very much so like a single parent and then in my fourth year of college when Ella was four I was doing college and I had a part-time job and whatever and then I was working blah 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 and then I met Shane and then we had two more kids and so like for me like lockdown was the first time ever that I actually had time to just do creative stuff so like all the other stuff before I'd do a gig but I literally wouldn't have any time to like think about what I was doing that day I would just literally walk into the gig get up on stage and do it straight away so wow with with no no like no preparation you just wing it oh I'd kind of just like flick at a piece of paper and just go right I better go up so in a way like I felt I felt guilty at the time because most people were like, oh my God, I fucking hate this and I can't see this person and that person. And I was like, I was over here going, I'm grand. First of all, working from home, absolute dream for me. Hate it being in the office. Can't do anything in the office. Every time you turn around, it's fucking somebody else's birthday. You're just like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Every two seconds, happy birthday. <laughs> we're doing a whip around for like so-and-so and accounts. Never matter. How much like do I say that ahead? Never matter. And then they forget um, your birthday. When it comes to you, they'll you go, they where's my thing? <laughs> they fucking did. They fucking did. <laughs> Bastards. And they're like, you know, in I basically wanted to set up an office in the jacks. I was in there the whole time, vape and just bored at me tree. So, and you, I would, you know, you can only do so much your own stuff and work. It's only so long you can be like sitting there clicking minimize every twenty seconds, like because you're I doing heard, your own thing. I heard in one of the articles that you wrote that you were you used to nip off to the toilet and you you put up a tripod, was it? <laughs> I know I used to go and film stuff out the back and stuff, and see because I was a copywriter, so. <laughs> Because I had been used to like being under so much pressure and whatever, like I could never like I never had this thing where 
I'd be like, uh, have all this time with my creativity. I'd write ads so quickly. So people just send me ads and be like, they're done. So I'd be, so much of the day, I'd just be sitting around. So it was, it was actually the gift of time. And you see now in France, obviously we were all healthy. My parents are just down the road from me. My brothers live close by. So I didn't have this big, I'm sure like you were worried about your, your families, you know, being halfway across the world. All my family are fucking here. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, it, was, it actually was the, the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, we've spoken about that before already, Emma, on this show. Time was probably one of the one thing that it gave a lot of people, you know. I remember even just seeing the sunsets in Bondi for six months straight, which I normally wouldn't see when you're going into the city every day because by the time you come out, it's dark, you know. So I got the chance to just walk along the strand all the time going, geez, I can't believe I can do this now every day. And it's part of my routine, you know, when I didn't have it for 10 years before that since I've been here. So yeah, time time is definitely precious. But there was a, there was a couple of I have to mention a few of the your gags that mm. definitely that definitely set me off when you're in lockdown. And lockdown, it, it's just mad, isn't it? Like the whole thing is just a bit mad. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about that video? Oh, oh my god! What one is it? Look, we would have been in Spain now. Don't say it. Smart, isn't it? Mad. Be all, uh, be all the social distancing. All the social distancing on the buses now, boy. There's absolutely no reason to say it now. It's not even, you don't need to say this. Don't. Listen to me, don't say it now. Don't say it. It's mad, isn't it? You don't need to say it. Say something else. Say something else. You've been saying this for weeks now. It's mad, isn't it? Face masks. Can you explain it better than what I could, Emma? Oh, what I can't think of what it would be. I did this video during lockdown where I'm just, it's basically just like my internal monologue and I'm trying not to say to people, oh, it's mad, isn't it? You know, like at the start of lockdown when everyone's like, you've nothing to say in the conversation, like you've, you've covered everything. So every, everyone here just ended every conversation with going like, mad and you can hear yourself saying it so much but I had to see Neil I had to check with you first because one time somebody came up to me and they're like oh it's mad isn't it it's mad isn't it isn't it, isn't it mad and I was like oh yeah the video they're like what video and I was just like oh fuck <laughs> and I had to like explain oh. oh I did this video take the piss out of exactly the conversation well never mind <laughs> The editing is is quite impressive. It's like something made off uh, MS Paints, you know, back in the mid nineties. But it kind of just <laughs> it kind of works. And one of the other ones I have to mention as well is you did the horoscopes. That was just what was it? Every Sunday oh, evening. Oh, yeah, God. did the horoscopes. Yeah. Uh, like I I loved it. What I loved with the horoscopes like Emma is a bit like this podcast. Just took the took the piss out of horoscopes. Scorpio, you need to clear out your handbag. Okay, every time you try to take your phone out of it, it's taking you about five minutes. You're missing all the phone calls. You don't know where your keys are half the time. You don't know what's going on in the bag. Okay, so you need to sort that out. Your number this week is the number 11 and your colour is the colour Libra. Um, this week for you, it's the washing machine. Uh, it's going to be on the blink, but it is actually just a wire 
that's come out of your bra. Um, so this has happened to you a good few times. So you need to just maybe invest, maybe instead of pennies, go to Marks and Spencers uh, would be my advice for you. That's what the stars are telling me. Your number is the number two, two. And your lucky color is the color red. So you can see she was just completely gone. Ah, like Scorpio, your number this week is 12. <laughs> like just picking random stuff up. But then I saw you were like resharing some direct messages like weeks later of people going, God, that number 12, it just came true for me. I mean, you just have. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally. I'd be, I'd be saying to them like, oh, you know, the stars have said it's time to defrost your freezer and I'll like nasty shit. But people would get in touch and say, oh, how did you know that? Look at me freezing my freezers and bits. And I'm just like, okay, have a great week. Uh, I, I watched the one with the, on Love Island in your 30s. Be if you're in your 30s in Love Island. Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually read that headline. I was like, like I'm 33, so I was thinking, what the fuck? Like, I, I don't know how old the people are on Love Island. I don't really watch it, but I was just thinking, what the fuck can she say here? I was pissed myself laughing. I was like, this is what I would oh, definitely. I'd be like, mortgage, what? this is expensive, isn't it? We think they pay a month here. <laughs> 100% would say that. I was pissed myself. Well, there's no way I'd ask. You're, you're thinking about different things all of a sudden once you get into the thirties. Although you're still young, thirty-three. That's still so young, young. But just maybe a laugh. Just the mortgage one and talk about like the bench going. My back's fucking killing me in these benches. <laughs> <laughs> That's spot on. That is quality. Very good. Being a being a uh, comedian, I'm I'm pretty obsessed with comedians. I watch a lot of stand-up comedy, and mm. I went to a lot in Glasgow. I used to go maybe twice a week in Glasgow. Oh yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I, I used to go to the the raw comedy right? that was in uh, the stand. When it's the yeah. West End, I used to love that. But as a comedian, so again, sort of touching back on not necessarily mental health, but oh, it is mental mm. health. But I mean, there's a lot. I think comedians, to me, there's so much to it. So one, obviously, the biggest fear a lot of people have is just talking in public. So that's obviously a big thing. Like yeah, for that to start with, or maybe you naturally had it. And two, the negative stuff, like obviously getting. Critics, you, no matter how many good gigs you've got, no matter how big the comedian is, they've got bad gigs, etc. Yeah. Um, and finding your own crowd, obviously, you're going to have to sift through a lot of shit to find the people who actually like you to start selling things for you. And then the one thing I've always been curious about is like traveling between gigs. Because I remember listening to Mickey Flanagan and he was talking about like half his life was just spent on the road, petrol stations. Get like eating sandwiches from petrol stations, traveling, 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 and it's really just him and his agent. Sometimes he says, yeah. "You see, getting out a tour, and you think I'm living this glamorous lifestyle." He goes, "I'm eating a chicken sandwich or a a ginger's pie from the petrol station." And <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not what you think it is. But again, that must take its toll on you psychologically as well. And obviously, having a family, I've just been interested. Mm. How did you like? Where are you at with it? Are you traveling a lot? Are you? Like, how did you start off in terms of confidence in front of crowds and stuff like that? Yeah, let me. I'll. I'll there's go, about seven. Gonna, there's about seven questions backwards. in that one. A lot of questions. No, I'll go back. I'll go backwards. So the tra the traveling, um, I've actually been just like now just traveling around Ireland at the moment. But like, you would be in the car for, you know, like three hours to get there or whatever. Um, so you would be in the car by yourself for, you know five hours to be honest I actually for, for me I actually quite like that alone time I prefer to be on my own than with somebody a lot of the time 
Or if I could work it like that, I'd travel with a comedian on the way up and then be by myself on the way back because I've kind of gotten their life story in the first three hours. So I'm like, you know, that's usually how long it, it actually takes of intense talking. And then you're kind of like, OK, I have their story now. So I don't the traveling. I don't mind too much. It's just, I suppose it's just getting back late. And I yeah, like even because most people are like, oh, getting something in a petrol station, big deal. But I wouldn't want to be doing that all the time. So I do usually try to eat before I leave or whatever. And then I might have a little small snack when I come home because I don't I don't want to be kind of eating shite or I just don't want to be doing it. And then I don't I don't drink at gigs. So I, I know a lot of people do drink at gigs, but I've never drank at gigs. The odd time I have had a drink at a festival because they've been so insane I'm like well I might as well get on board with this because whatever I was yeah I usually 99.9% of the time I don't drink because I I like to look at it like I'm working even though it's in a social environment I'm I'm not I'm not there really to have a drink so I don't drink and I don't I just think it's it, it wouldn't be a great habit for me anyway to get into like that I ha- I always have a pint or two before I get on stage or I, I don't want to get involved in any of that stuff. And then in terms of like public public speaking or getting on stage, it's hard to know. Like I, like I was definitely like a really shy child and I did like performing and stuff, but I was too, I was too shy to put myself forward. Or like, I think now this is definitely an Irish thing of like, if I had been putting myself forward for like performing things it would have been a bit like oh notions like I never would have told people that I wanted to perform or whatever because I would have been like oh my god like scared you know embarrassed that that's like what you would want to do um but I was definitely like before my first gig I was incredibly nervous like say say the say they told me to be there at half eight I probably turned up at seven like pacing up and down going are we ready to go (laughs) (laughs) How did your first game go? It was actually went great. No, like if I watched it back now, I'm sure it'd be terrible, but it actually went great. Um, because like this, well, it was a big deal to me at the time. Like everyone laughed, and a woman came up to me afterwards, going, "Oh, that was brilliant," and she was like, "Was that really your first time?" Whatever. I did get a bit of that, like when I started. People were like, "Have you only done four gigs?" Or and then people. People have seen you, they're like, yeah, whatever, bitch. But um, <laughs> so, but I was incredibly nervous. But the bad gig thing doesn't really affect me too much unless, uh, unless I fucked it up. Like, unless I knew somebody was there to watch me for something in particular, like, oh, we're filming something. Because if you know somebody like that's come to watch your chances are you're going to do like stuff that you've done before that you know works. So if that goes bad, that's really annoying. And it's usually because, not not always, but a lot of the time it's because you've been in your head before you went on stage. Hmm. So I've had gigs where, say, I could have two gigs in the one night, not that far away from each other. I could go and do the first gig and it'll be brilliant, fantastic gig. And then I go to the next place and I'm doing the exact, like I'm basically doing the exact same material and it's like tumbleweed. 
And it was like, fuck me. This is like, this is a great way to end the night. You know, you're like, you left the first gig going like, I've got to go. I've got another gig, guys. I've got to, I'm so, I've got to go. And then you're like, woo. And then it's total shite. So I'm not too, I, that doesn't really bother me. Or like when I do new, if I do new stuff and it doesn't go well, well, that's why I did it. I did it on stage because I wanted to find out if it worked or not. But yeah, it does. I, I'm trying to get better now at like, vi- <laughs> but visualizing the gig going well before I actually do it or like visualizing me being on stage and like and like getting like that first laugh in or whatever oh, like cheers. feeling really good about it before I go on stage mm. visualizations are a proven thing right Gary like a lot of big leaders over like history have said visualizations were a big thing about you know leading to success I did want to ask you like, did you have you ever had like a really bad heckler? Like, uh, you know, I've seen some videos where someone gets like bad hecklers, but also how you deal with them can almost make your career. And if you're having a bad day, like, do you have like a plan B joke or do you have something in your back pocket that you're now like, right, if I'm in real trouble, I'll just like, you know, throw a smoke bomb and get out of there. Or... Oh, yeah, you would definitely have jokes that like I did it the other night. I did it the other night and something was, it just wasn't of a happening or whatever. But then I found out after the gig, this was just like a new material thing uh no it wasn't actually because i was headlining but i looked at it as a new material and i was there and it wasn't really happening i was like what the fuck's going on here and then i found that out that in the front all in the front row was all taken up with this english language school i was like all right you could have fucking told me you were on a delay up the front i was looking at them all going like what's wrong with it you know what? I'm sorry, lads. This is actually great stuff. Like, sometimes, sometimes it is the audience. You know the thing of like, well, the audience. No, sometimes the audience actually haven't got a fucking breeze. What's going on? Yeah. Sorry, what was the question again? Now I forgot. Heckler, heckler. hecklers, and oh, heckler. like, yeah, yeah, jokes in your back pocket. Ah, uh, yeah, like heckler, you couldn't really give a sh- like a shite. Like sometimes. It's, and you see, most of the time, a heckler is actually quite nice. It's it's usually somebody who's gargled, right? And they think that the conversation is between you and them, like that they're the only person there. That is usually what's happening. And usually some mad L one who hasn't been out for like <laughs> six months or something. Do you know, like it happens the best of us where like you haven't been out in ages and you just go bloobers and you're done by like half ten and she'll just start saying stuff up to you, love you, um, whatever. So I usually just try and say to them, like, sorry, like, I'm actually working here. Like, can we just, like, we'll chat later. Like, is that okay with you? No, people think hecklers are a big thing, but they're usually not, like. Yeah. The only time it is bad is when you're starting out, when you're actually, like, when you're starting out for the very first time, having to try and remember the stuff. So, like, when you're starting, say you're doing seven minutes, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it it is a lot when you're starting out and you're, it's all new jokes. If somebody shouts up, I can't distract you, and you'd be like, "Oh crap, where where was I?" or whatever. No, just very. To be honest, people think heckling is a bigger thing than it is. Mm. Sometimes it's just like go on, you good thing or whatever. Yeah, (laughs) I I think my biggest fear would be, you know, you get up on stage and they'd be like, "Right, you know, this is Neil O'Sullivan," and then you just be like, "Uh, shit," and you just freeze. Like, is it is it daunting? You know, most people most people are nice because i think most people would think oh god i'd hate to be doing that because i remember before my first um gig ever i went to go and see it i went i went to the comedy club to see what it was all about 
um because I was proper nervous and then when I got there I was like oh this is actually grand because most people are actually sound most people mm. want most people want you to be funny or like in public speaking most people want you to get on well it's much more comfortable than watching somebody die on their arse yeah. so like most people are like even strangers or whatever they want it to be a good experience because it's much better for everyone as a whole so when I went to that gig for the first time I was expecting it to be like I'd seen on TV with I don't know like American stand-up and people going like god damn this guy's <laughs> whack or whatever I thought it would just be real intense you know like these old like videos yeah. you watch a stand-up from the 80s or something I thought it'd be real intense it wasn't and there was some fella up there and he was up like he was dying a death, dying a death. His mom and dad were in the front row. Wasn't funny at all. It was horrific. It felt like 30 minutes, having a bad time, sweat just pumping out of him. Everyone sat there. There was a few people even going, <laughs> trying to help him along. And when he came <laughs> off stage, everyone clapped. And I was like, you know, if he can get away with it. Okay. I was like, I think I'll be grand. So I think like, yeah. I think for anyone doing any sort of public speaking or anything, like most people are rooting for you, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, I remember like a, young, a young boy at the stand comedy club and he came on and, and the way the raw night works in Glasgow and uh, it's a Tuesday night and it's like, you pay like a quid to get in and you get like a lot of up and coming people, some people who are just brushing yeah. up. Like one day Frankie Bill just popped on for 10 minutes for a pound, just random. There's always a headline gig, so you get your money's worth, but it's usually just randoms. And uh, this young boy came on, and he was a wee bit half cut. So he wasn't great, right? But ever. I find, yeah. it, find it, the awkwardness quite funny as well, so I was laughing away. But he starts telling halfway through a joke, and he loses his trail of thought. So he goes, and then, oh, I forgot. <laughs> so everyone's like, oh, fuck. And he goes, like, and to get it better, he goes like, I can't believe this is happening again. <laughs> and then everyone <laughs> absolutely buckles with laughter. And then yeah. to be fair, like said, everyone's nice. Everyone gives my a big, like, come on, yeah, to get Yeah, one. yeah. But then the music just came on as if, like, right, you're fucking off, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're told, yeah. I can't believe it happened again. That's class. <laughs> Another one just quickly was the comp was on, the MC, and he came out down, and it was two girls right at the front of him. And uh, at the very start of the show, one of, feet had the, one of them had their foot on the stage. And he's like, how are you doing, ladies? Uh, what do you do with yourself? Are you a comedian? She goes like, no. He goes, well, get your fucking foot off the stage then. So straight away, she was like rocked. It was hilarious, right? The two of them just sat there. Do her face. Didn't laugh at it, right? So about halfway through the show, they do like a little prize draw with the tickets. And these two birds, basically, I, I went for a pint, came back, and he wasn't sitting there anymore. So this guy just came out with a wee hat. And he's like, ah. I was at a missus at the time, like, oh, they two birds are raging, man. They, they hate this. Didn't laugh at anything. And he's like, oh, thank fuck those two dual face bastards in the front row are gone. So he starts slotting them, calls them all sorts, blah, blah, blah. And some uh, guy, yeah. and he's like, they've just moved seats, mate. They're just right there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. And then he's like, ah, fuck, I made everything I said. <laughs> yeah, look, that stuff, like, if you went back then the next night, that's not going to be the same. Uh, exactly. exactly. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It was only because you were there that night that you got to experience that. So have to go to the place, you know, telly doesn't capture it. What about the professional side of it, Emma? You said there, like, it's, it's actually interesting you saying that, you know, you're treating it more like a job, right? Which is probably 
changing for the industry let's say compare back to you know maybe 20 years ago when you, you'd, yeah. you'd, need, you'd need the drink to almost like get you up on stage can you tell us a little bit about what it's like working in the space is it male dominant you're you're a mum of of three what's it like is there many females on the circuit or what's the go there i'm trying to think now is there many yes like there are i would say it kind of mirrors a lot of industries in the way that there's lots of women doing it but then in terms of like the upper echelons are they there are they seen you know and i'd say that's the way it is in a lot of um industries a lot of the time when i go to gigs not all the time but i probably usually would would be the only female on the bill but i say i would have been talking to like say the likes of Deirdre O'Kane, like stand up in Ireland actually isn't even happening, hasn't mm. even been going on for that long. So like, what's his name? Barry Murphy and Ardle or a few others. They set up the Comedy Cellar above the international. Um, and that's not that long ago. So I think it'll it'll like it'll take time. But, but I think you I think you should be. You should be really proud, I think, of what you what you're doing in the space. I think you're a bit of a yeah, yeah, Neil, yeah. <laughs> Good on you. Good on you. Yeah. I know, but you're not because you're just doing your own thing, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? No, but I think it's good. Like I, you mentioned, dude. I'm not okay. doing. This, sorry, just to be straight. About I'm this, getting heckled. I'm not doing now. this for other. I'm not doing this for like other women or to be some sort of inspiration <laughs> to nobody. I'm doing this purely for myself. <laughs> like, let's just be straight about that. No, uh, no, no, but if somebody uh, else gets girls. something from it, yeah, yeah. no. You mentioned DJ yeah. Kane and uh oh, she's she's hilarious as well. It was an intermission she's in there, like oh my god, that movie she, is so good. Is it everywhere? She pops up everywhere. The bit there's a bit in that where she gets to the cash register and like she's in Dunn stores, which is like Gary, like you know, big W or whatever. Yeah, she gets up to the till and she's like, I think she's buying a dress or something. Then she goes to get a different side and your mum behind the thing goes, she does that. <laughs> and she goes, what are you doing that for? What? Like it just sits her over the edge and it's just, oh, fuck. A great movie. Definitely recommend seeing Intermission. I go back to... Um, There's the a few scenes in Referendum and that. Is there? Mm. Oh, yeah. Burnt out cars and stuff, is there? Um, no. Oh, it's... It's funny, actually, I went, I was um, going down to like, you know, the, the school supply shop in Redfern to get my, uh, you know, the papers, the practice papers when you're doing your leaving. Jesus and I yeah. went down and I saw all these trucks and whatever. And I was like, oh, what's going on here? And then I saw Colin Farrell and I was like, oh, my God, hilarious. And my friend Laura was like a massive fan of him back in the day from like Bali Angel and everything. So I rang her on my phone and I got him to talk to her. And he was like, oh, hi, it's Colin Farrell here. And she's like, oh, is it? Yeah, really? <laughs> what, what are you doing down at Farnham Shopping Centre? He's like, oh, I'm on a job. You know the way he talks like that? You know the way other people yeah, say yeah. I'm acting in a film? But he'd be like, oh, I'm on a job. As if like he's a sparks or something. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you're on a job, are you? Yeah, best of luck with that. And she thought I was taking the piss. And then she heard people in schools are going, oh, my God, Colin Farrell's down filming a movie in my farm shopping centre. And she was like, no. She basically told Colin Farrell to go fuck himself. <laughs> um, so, and I was like at the side watching him going like, what is the story with your mum's mate? Like, I thought she was a big fan. She's like, yeah, is that right? Yeah, as if. And did you know him or did you just randomly go to him? I didn't know. I'm sure I was there in my school uniform. <laughs> I was 
smoking or something. I didn't know. No, I, I did not know Colin Farrell. I just went up to him and said, Are you talking to me, mate, on the phone? And speak, it's going back to like the comedy industry. Um, you yeah. know, there's it, it, like what what's it like being on the circuit? Like, you know, you were saying you enjoy the 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 alone time, but you know, there are mm. you know, when you think of a comedian and what they do is you know they entertain for everybody else like is there like the darker side to the comedy world like you think of like robin williams who was such an entertainer but then unfortunately you know he took his own life like is there is it tough being the you know the entertainment for everybody and when that you know let's say you don't do a gig like is it hard to you know get a bit of equilibrium back into your life or have you struggled with that or is that not really a thing for you I would, yeah it is sometimes like sometimes when you go out with a group of friends or whatever you you can feel people kind of going here we go we're gonna get the show now and you're just <laughs> <laughs> be funny hurry up be funny yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, come on dance monkey and you're saying so sometimes you do feel but you see that could be just me picking up on the energy you know that could be me as well no I think probably the worst thing is and I I don't think it's just with comedy I think it's like I've spoken to people who like act or you know whatever is the constant highs and lows that are completely out of your control that is hard or like like a maid of mine who does comedy she said like she she might say something like I've worked so hard I've worked so hard and you're like it doesn't matter it's not civil service like literally does not matter how hard you've worked it's not like a hard work equals whatever yeah you like you know that thing okay I, I know there's that thing of you can outwork talent or whatever inspirational meme or whatever and you, you actually can because there's loads of talented people in comedy loads of hilarious people and they have no they have no business brain at all or you know what I mean that's a a, a so what's so say let's just imagine Sully was funny right imagine Neil was funny and (laughs) let it run wild here (laughs) let your imagination run wild (laughs) I've got a few jokes (laughs) but (laughs) do you want me to do the joke I go ahead and go crack on mate what you call a Turkish baby? Don't know. A kebabby. What you do when you want them to be quiet? Oh, kebabby. <laughs> a heckler. I'm gonna you... listen to see if that makes it into the episode. You have to be PC. We don't have any listeners in Turkey, <laughs> so I think we're all right. Aye, so my question basically being, you said obviously some comedians can have all the talent, but then not the business brain. So do you know, or yes. you've seen comedians who are like super funny, like on the stage, you get all the laughs, but then just sort of fade into the abyss. And then vice versa, have you seen yeah. comedians who are sort of average, but they are smashing it? Oh yeah, big star. Like, say what you would see on uh, like TV or whatever represents much more diverse, comedy circuit than is actually in existence so in a way like if I see a man in his 20 a white man in his 20s I'm like well you better be fucking shit hot because there's loads of you you bet you really got to do something spectacular now to stand out you know what I mean so and then there's just guys who I'm, no, the girl, 
I would say the, in my opinion, the women that comes to stand up comedy, they've thought about it long and hard because it's not really overly inviting to them. I would say, or you know what I mean. It's a bit yeah. like oh, so they're kind of coming at it a little bit savvier, possibly a little bit more mature. But like, there's loads of fellas I know who are really funny, and there'd be a bit of that um self-sabotage and stuff going on I have some people like kill it kill it and then they have one gig that's like really important and they just completely like fuck it over or like say go to a bigger club where they're like yeah you know you're doing this club like say it's, it's a big club pays more money they're like just remember just all you have to do is just be funny and just just do 15 minutes like just 15 minutes be funny and they're like cool they go up and they like do 35 minutes and completely piss off everybody there you know there's enough people doing it but they're like oh we don't need the hassle of him wrecking the whole night or whatever so yeah there's there's lots of people who are really really funny and I suppose there'd be lots of people I'd know who say would be really would be really really funny but they mightn't do some of the more like uh commercial stuff that i would do or they mightn't even do corporates because they'd be just like nah i'm not doing corporates i'm just like what do you what do you eat do you do you like to eat food because i do and they're like nah not for me like i'm not i couldn't be like one of these purists at all i would just like Girls gotta eat. So, how, how much comedy is gigging though? Like now, because obviously you've got social media is a big thing now, and and then just saying like there's like yeah. private gigs you might do whatever else. Because I don't like as I said in Glasgow, I love to go. To, that was one of the first things I'd try and do every week. But there wasn't. A t- I think there's only maybe two or three comedy nights that I could think of, or even places that were regular. So, oh really? I mean, I mean, the stand used to have it Monday, Monday, pretty much Monday to Sunday. I think that was the most popular. Then they had like a jo- remember Jonglers, remember that? Oh jo- yeah, yeah. That had that as well, but I can't really remember any other ones that was really that popular. So I'm just thinking, like, how many other, what else are you doing if you're not doing a gig at those two places? And then this is maybe early 2000s, yeah. late 2000s. So, I mean, so what are you doing then? You, you, there's not a lot of social media at that point. What, what else? If you, I mean, so if you can't really crack that circuit, you're fucked. Yeah, but this is it. Or like, I know people that wouldn't do anything online at all. And I like that, I'd be kind of thinking to myself, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> what's what's happening you know i don't i don't know what they're doing playing fortnite <laughs> at home <laughs> i don't know yeah i don't know I just... well, how did it all happen for you emma you know when we were reading up on you you were on like the digital Kane show aside side by side with jason byrne who's probably arguably one of ireland's most famous comedians mm-hmm. you're also doing a podcast up to 90 which uh, i just love that name uh, we can explain what you. that yeah up to do you know what up to 90 means guy no, I've heard you say it before, but I'm on another podcast. Yeah, uh, up to ninety. <laughs> up to ninety is like ah, uh, you know, I'm just up to. It's basically like up to my tits, isn't it? Kind of thing, like ah, uh, yeah. up to ninety. Mad busy. Yeah, up to ninety. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like your your Instagram is like pretty substantial now. I think you've got you know tens of thousands of followers, and as I said, like you're on a lot of shows now. Like, was there a moment where it kind of just clicked for you? Like, uh, did you get an age? And when did it start to go, shit, this is actually becoming quite big? Um, you don't think like that at all. Because once you do once you do one thing, you're like, right, on to the next. The way I feel about it now is exactly the same way I felt about it when I started. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's, not, it's never this thing of like, 
I think anyway now at the, like say back in back in the day back in the good old days you could do one TV show like say you could do the late late show over here you do the late late and that'd be a boom you'd sell out a tour job done whatever but it's I, I feel like it's not like that now where it's all kind of incremental steps and you know different stuff like oh that radio thing was quite good and oh that telly thing was quite good and oh that thing that they wrote that was quite good you know I feel like it's all I feel like it doesn't work like that anymore and I don't I certainly don't think like that anyway because it's just it's just constantly on to the next thing like you do obviously have to go oh yeah that was a good job there Emma well done or whatever but you just move on to the next thing it's just the next thing I wouldn't say there was like there was a couple of things like yeah I got an agent I left my first agent then when I did it I was like oh was that the right decision or whatever (laughs) (laughs) and I got another agent I'm lucky in the the way like I don't mull over stuff too long I make I usually make decisions pretty quickly so I don't my thing is don't dwell too much on the good or the bad keep moving all the time and you see like where you are this this time next year won't compare to where you were two years ago or whatever but it's all this it's all the same it's all the same emotions hopefully like if you keep going in the right direction you'll have like some days that are deadly some days that are absolute shite and whatever so yeah that's the way I, had, I would look at it have you been able to like you know you we were saying you're you're a mum of three as a mum has it been challenging like you know being on the circuit being on the road or do you think that's you know yeah no it's actually fine because a lot of the time like they're gone to bed and then I'm heading off to a gig or whatever or like that I'm here during the day like I'm bringing them to school and I'm picking them up so I don't feel bad then if I'm heading off at six or whatever to go and work because they'll see me they'll see Maybe when they wake up, I'll be a bit tired, but I'll be there when they wake up. But uh, no, and you see, like I've um, I've always uh, been a parent. Hmm. So I've been a parent for 18 years, so I don't know any different. So I'm sure like your life now has completely changed in a few weeks. Whereas my, my I've oh, in my adult life, I've always been a parent. So probably subconsciously, made choices and decisions mm. in relation to that without even thinking about it mm. i think um, i think that's what i was meant earlier on i bet you being like proud because yeah like you know I, there's never i don't think we're ever ready right to be a parent no one can no, ever get you in place like i'm 37 now and then you know i think you've got your shit together then he the baby comes and it just goes completely out the window and all the cliches that people tell you about sleep or whatnot are so true yeah and and that's just me like i'm only the dad like i'm not you know didn't go through the birth well not doing the breastfeeding like you know which is unbeknownst to a lot of people the most challenging thing by a country mile uh, not for me obviously but for um, for the mums but you know it's it just nothing can prepare you for it and your life gets you know sweeps upside down so yeah i think you i think it's amazing what you've done in your career and then now to to be doing so well in the comedy circuit as well with the three kids i think you're you're a fine old woman fair play to you fine old woman yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was like a oxymoron in there, mate. it was like a compliment backhanded compliment <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> I should have said fine L woman. <laughs> That's even yeah, worse. Fine, a fine L. Look at her there with the three kids. Ah, sure, she's a grand L one. <laughs> she's a grand L gee bag, that one. Well, okay, yeah. Yeah. I saw that you. Oh, you she's you also... three kids, like mad bitch, but look, whatever. <laughs> She's making a living. There was also <laughs> there was a there was an article where I think you you commented about friends numbers that you have in your phone book and you had what was it I had Jen your woman with the kids is that when you're amazing in your phone book in my phone book I don't know I don't remember this at all I said Jen your woman with the kids yeah that was you were saying like hey, mo- yeah it was in one of the oh, articles oh well I, I do yes. I no, well maybe I do have a lot of numbers of people. I actually have numbers of people and I don't know their names, but it's like Killian's mom. Uh, I actually don't and it's gotten so far along now that I can't ask you know that kind of thing, you can't ask them their name. <laughs> you just have to keep referring yeah. to them as Killian's mom forevermore. <laughs> That's who they are. I was going to a Celtic game uh, back home and there's a guy met my dad's from Parkhead, so when he goes to Parkhead to watch a football. Everyone like who's not seen in years will see him, and he doesn't have a fucking clue who half of them are. So one guy comes up to him straight up to him, Frank, what's happening? And I was like, are you doing me? What's happening? So I was chatting for fucking five minutes because my dad, yeah. dad, my dad, was thinking, I don't have a fucking clue who this guy is. My dad just went like to him, mate, what's your name again? The guy went like, what? It's fucking. He's too offended. He's like, it's John. Went, no, you're first name, a daft bastard. Your last name. And then he tells us. Uh... That's obviously, but you get away with it. Uh, I need that. Because I've heard one trick is that when some, the thing is that when somebody tells you your name, you've got to say their name, you know, you say their name back to them to try and cement it in your own brain. But oh, I have, you, you need to make it like a celebrity. So, for instance, if you met someone called Colin, you maybe think of Colin Farrell when you see them. Oh, okay. Yes. That. That's so a good one. I've heard that one as well. I. Yeah. Okay. Um, or or do you, I ever do where like if you're out with your missus or your partner and like that and you see someone and you don't know their name, the way I do is like, oh, and this is my wife Sue, and then you don't say anything and you hope that they, like, go, oh hey Sue, <laughs> I'm. <themselves>. Yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes they don't, and then you're like, oh Jesus. <laughs> Neil, I'm gonna introduce me. I fucking can't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I could. And, and what's next for Emma Doran, the comedian? Um, are you still doing the podcast up to ninety series, or any big shows coming, or what's once lock? Well, it sounds like lockdown might not be going away in Ireland, but let's say twenty twenty two. What's on the big plans? I know. What's on the big plans? Well, my first plan is I'm going to have a cup of tea now. <laughs> and um, Aries tea, you hope? No, Alliance. Oh, you're Alliance. Oh no. Yeah. I'm gonna do um I'm gonna do a new podcast in the new year and I'm gonna do play in the new year. Wow. Called I haven't written this, I haven't done anything. <laughs> I'm just telling you now because you're like, what what's the big plan? Like, eh. But um it's gonna be called your one who got pregnant. <laughs> and um yeah, I'm meant to be doing a few things this week now for the old telly, so I'm hoping that that'll happen. And just keep Look, there's no big, big plans. Just keep uh, trucking, really. Mm. Is, is the but podcast I... the same as the play? Like, is that the same theme? Or No, I'm going to do a podcast. I just have to 
pulling my finger out, but I'm trying not to take too much on at one time. So I was like, just quit your job, do that for you know a few months and then do the podcast. So I'm actually gonna do a podcast with my daughter who's 18. Oh, so she is actually, she doesn't drink or smoke. She is very disciplined. She keeps a gratitude journal. She does visualization, all this kind of stuff. So I feel like she'd be an interesting person to do a podcast with because we are very different people. Yeah. So yes, I'm going to do podcasts with her. So that's the plan. And yeah, see, she's in college now. So it's purely just me making up reasons where she has to talk to me for an hour. You know what I mean? I'm like, come on, let's do, let's do podcasts. Mom and daughter cool time. Mom. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a cool man. That would be, she. you're saying she's 18. So yes, we were in college not too long after she was born. Yeah, can't believe that she's eighteen. That's mad. That's that's mad. Yes, so she's eighteen. Wow. So, in fairness, like that does that. Her actually has been well, apart from her being my daughter and whatever, but having her so young has actually been a great thing because so often, like you'd meet friends or something, and you'd be like, "Oh, like they'd be like, how old is Ella now?" And you'd be like, "She's five. And they'd be like, she was like in shock like oh my god like but what they're thinking is they're panicking about themselves like jesus christ if that was five years ago what the fuck have i been doing in the last five years so it always has been a great a constant reminder throughout my youth of like how quickly time goes all of the time that's like, oh, like that's, that's so true you know yeah. I mean? your, your mates are like oh, we only we only finished school a year ago what the, what is she talking about She's five. You're like, no, she's five. She's ten. Even you saying college was 15 years ago, even to say that, I'm like, oh my God, what has gone on? That's it. Like, what have you done? What have you actually done in the last 18 years? What have you done, you? It's embarrassing, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Run away from home. You're in Australia. It's too far away. Nobody actually knows if you're running your own business. We assume that you are. Yeah. <laughs> i'm just spoofing i'm on the dog yeah you could be like we don't know oh he's doing great for himself is he who knows there's no way to measure it really Still he is. i'm not yeah. even on my internet here i'm robbing the internet off my neighbor you know i'm just <laughs> yeah. so, surviving and you see i i think i would have loved to have gone away somewhere is there a great thing when you go away to kind of be anonymous oh yeah Do you know I what i mean, mean that was but that they was don't one... know your mom's auntie's friend or whatever like yeah i mean there's definitely like that was probably one of the things about ireland like it's obviously been it's great being irish and what it does to you and get like i feel like it gives you such a good you know grounding in terms of like being a person being irish like because of our culture mm-hmm. and whatnot and uh, the crack and the personality and all that i think it stands to us especially over here in australia i think a lot of people think irish people have huge work ethic you know i remember back in ireland you'd if you wanted to go to the dentist or something like that i'd have to take a two hour you know out of my salary you know and then the boss would be you know, all over your case and if you called in sick on a monday on the tuesday i'd be going in and she'd be like what's wrong with you give me a look at you you know uh, uh, yeah, whereas, yeah. whereas over here it's much more relaxed you know it's like if you don't come in on a monday like nobody even bats an eyelid like oh really um, no broke. no yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's like you want to work from home. Oh, okay. Before before the lockdown era, it was like, you know, you could just work from home. That wasn't even a big thing. You just go, oh, yeah, I'm working from home today. No one would, would ask a question. 
so there there's definitely some really amazing amazing things here but um yeah i mean leaving the whole the the fishbowl of living in Salorgan and everyone knowing your business and like you're doing this and everyone talking about it yeah like i mean when you come over here you do it's like a second chance in the sense that you can just start fresh um yeah and that that i like you know not to put down ireland or anything like that but that would have been the same for anybody but yeah there's definitely a sense of liberty about that and i've spoken about you know australia being the you know that you hear about the american dream but i think australia it does give you a great chance to project yourself and also gary and i have spoken about this before uh, where if you you actually said at the top of the show as well about you know if you're if you wanted to take a plunge of doing a comedian most of your mates would be going oh what a gobshite you know what's you know who does she think she is she can't do that whereas over here in australia it's like go on why do it like why wouldn't you do it like fair play to you you know and like people kind of prop you up over here yeah but i mean that could be changing in ireland now it's been 10 years since i've been there yeah yeah i know what you mean well that's it it does move it does move on i don't know yeah i don't know if i would have had anyone i don't know you see i probably had a different experience because becoming a parent so young i probably in a way was on my own little path not that worried about what people would think or say about me for probably a long time you know that kind of way so yeah because very early on like all my say like all my mates were like going like doing j1 and or like even six-year holiday and i'm just like oh i'm just gonna chill at home me kid deadly so (laughs) i didn't have i know a lot of people grow up with a very intense friend group where everyone's in your business about what you're doing and oh like oh they're doing that like must they must think they're deadly or whatever so i'd say i probably got out of that thing earlier than a lot of irish people would mm. if that makes sense which is probably a nice thing though right because you just yeah, have to yeah. forge your own kind of thing yeah where you weren't reliant on thing, the, yeah. the opinions of others you know yeah um, yeah because every time i go home the conversation around the the old dinner table is usually oh, did you hear about you know finton down the road he died so I'm like, oh that's great and did you hear about you know mary yeah. murphy of the road oh she passed away six months ago I'm like oh great yeah <laughs> anything else going on <laughs> so are you going back for christmas <laughs> yeah. uh not this year not this year no we're no, gonna go back no. next may next may for a while uh, okay yeah i'll have to do a dunleary yeah, idt reunion i was just gonna say mm. where's for uh, people listening where's the best people for people to follow you and get up to speed your sketches and stuff like that Instagram? Oh yeah, um, probably Instagram. Yeah, I'm on all of them. You know the way you have to be, but yeah, probably Instagram, the best one. Emma Dorn, comedian. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's me. Well, we usually wrap up that's things, Emma, with a few quickfire questions. Okay. And then you can go off to your cup of tea. So the first question: There's only four of these, so the clock. The just clock one is word on. answer. Just guy, one or two more times. Yeah, okay. yeah. You don't need to. Do, no war and peace. So when are you at your happiest? At home. At home. Okay, cool. Where do you think we are as a world out of 10 for mental health awareness? As a world? Awareness. Six. Six. Okay. Where are you currently out of 10 with your own mental health? 
awareness no just no. like how, how you feel oh, okay. like. <laughs> uh, like, are I'm you not aware of it all are, really are you aware, aware that you have... <laughs> <laughs> no i'm grand why do i should uh, i go say something <laughs> i would say i'm oh i would say i'm about 6.5 at the moment also slightly ahead of the world <laughs> slightly out of the world yeah but yeah <laughs> i'm trying to be quick fire i'm trying not to like say uh, anything to justify that right. i'm like yeah yeah uh, okay and then the, the final question mm. if you could recommend one thing a day for people to do to improve their mental health what would that be one thing a day what's worked for you Oh, well, do you know what actually has worked for me is sending somebody a message who I was thinking about and asking them how they are. Nice. Nice. Because I find it's a really, it's a really easy thing to do. So if you're feeling really down, you don't have to like, it doesn't involve like having a shower or exercising or <laughs> making the right choices for you. It's just reaching out to somebody else to see how they are. It takes the focus off you. Right. So that's something hope, I try to do. Shetland, you know, make you feel better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're just fingers crossed. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Tell me more. <laughs> give us the yeah. give us the gossip. Um, yeah, give the gossip. Yeah, no, that, that's a good that's a good answer because we it was it feels like it was kind of an amalgamation of a few, we we've asked the same questions to all our guests and they've said very oh, similar yeah. things. That was a good yeah. one. Yeah, that was a good one because we had Ben Evans, who's a former international rugby player, who said he sends oh, yeah. people. He sends people. Oh, do you know him? Yeah, do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he sends people selfies when he's uh, on the loo doing a poo, and he says, "You know, having a poo, thinking of you." <laughs> okay, is that so, like a fetish or something? <laughs> Isn't there a poo fetish or something? Well, in a roundabout way, <laughs> I was trying. To, I was trying to say, I was saying, you know, if you reach out and ask people how they're doing, like, you know, even send them a selfie like that can make or break someone's day, hopefully. Thinking of you doing a poo, what is that? Now, even for me, I was just like, what? Is that too Maybe much? Maybe you just have to be friends with him. He yeah, sent me is he one, making he a sent... poo face? Or is he just sitting there? No, no, is that a bit of a thumbs up, man? A bit of a... Like okay, that, you know? grand. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was like... We just know he's, he's, he's just sitting he's on his sitting own, up. man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll send you one I'm emma it now. I'm, lo I'm looking too I'll, much into it now i'll send you one emma once we're finished the like, show, is it just... his morning poo or what <laughs> i need to let it be now sorry i'm ruining it no, don't don't, don't send me one don't. i'll send you one on instagram now i have my oh jesus it's uh 10 past 10 i'm just me evening poo now it's coming up so uh yeah <laughs> just when you have that... <laughs> some people do Ah, do an evening nah. one. That's not very regular. I need to be a bit of a body, man. That's not regular, that. Yeah. Nah. Every morning. <laughs> I'll wait to finish. What well, a way to finish on the Gary Glare. Yeah, no, finish shampoo. Well, Emma, thank you very much for your time. I was really looking forward to no this problem. one, but also, also a bit scared because I was your comedian and I thought you'd. you'd I didn't say anything. I didn't. There's so much I could have said about you. And I didn't. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye, Felicia. <laughs> Shoot in next week for the. Nah, you were very cup. nice. 
you're a very nice young man, even back in the day. Was I, yeah? Even back in the day. No, well, I mean, it's kind of hard when you're like 18, 19, 20. Yeah, whatever. I won't say anything else now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so let me know when you're back home and we'll do an IADT reunion. You, were you with Ashling or something? <laughs> Just thought I'd slide that in there just before I left. Were you I with her? Were you? Did you have sex? I was waiting for that. Did you have sex with Ashley? Did you? Did you? I, I, don't, I don't fucking know what I just went to. <laughs> nah, nothing. Nah, nah, nah. I, yeah, no. Nah, no. Nah, nah, nah. Oh, it's mad. Rosy, my uh, rosy cheeks. My camera's just, my camera's gone there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank and you very thanks much. For, thanks for your time. And don't yeah, forget to you. share share it now once we release the podcast, all right? Oh, I will, yeah. One, yeah. yeah, once you tag, you'll tag me in something, will you? Oh, I'll tag you, all right, yeah. And give us okay, a like. Yeah. yeah, I will. Yeah, just tag me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right, I'll tag you. Okay, all yeah, right. Good. Good. All right. Nice. Bye. Bye, bye. <laughs> Are you still there? Yeah. Like, get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. How do I get rid of it? Just close it, do I? Hang up. Hang up. How do I hang up? <laughs> just you hang up for me. Oh, for fuck's sake, how do I? Press leave. I would call behind corner, it would say leave. <laughs> oh, yeah. How do I leave now? Press the red just, button. Oh, there, leave. I'm gone. Right. <laughs> oh, we have to get that bit in at the end. Oh, God. Trapped in Zoom. Man, I'm like. I just can't deal with her. Like, I just, she sends me into a tizzy. I just can't, like, oh, fuck, she's hilarious. Nah, she's funny. <laughs> I just think, like, all her skits, like, this, there's been so many things she's done, which I felt have just been so original. Like, you know, the horoscopes thing, the mad is it, like, and she's done lots of other things. Like, she, you know, kind of big, like, uh, what's that called? Big Britain or what's it? Uh, Little Britain, the one oh, where they, like, pretend to be like scangers like she does this kind of thing and she does her eyebrows she's like oh so she's just so funny and she's absolutely killing like she's pretty modest there like but she like i've been seeing some stuff she's on like and back home in ireland like she's the hottest comedian i think on the fucking circuit at the moment like like that show with deirdre kane and and um jason byrne like jason byrne is like the biggest irish comedian yeah yeah so like to be on that like she, like it's a huge thing for her. So, oh, she's gas, jeez. Don't forget to follow us on all the social media channels, including Instagram and Twitter, at These Lands Are Mental. And if you do have a topic or a guest or subject that you want us to talk about, please do get in touch and send in your suggestions. Thanks for joining us on today's show. As mentioned at the beginning, if you are struggling with mental health, please do seek further assistance. Here's who you can get support from. Lifeline, Beyond Blue, Fitzier, and the Black Dog Institute.